Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in Or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again You need some market reconnection We got the answers to your questions No second thoughts or second guessing You need some market reconnection The real question is this How does a seven-figure business regain traction in the market? How do we reconnect with our audience? How do we stop worrying about our competitors? taking over and find the peace of mind and certainty within the marketplace. That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ivan Temelkov. This is Market Reconnection. Today, I'm joined by the lovely Monica Byers, who I'm so ecstatic to finally have you on an episode of my new podcast, Monica. And without being said, let's start with... You know, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Monica Byers here. So uh, I own a trucking company here in SoCal. I have 125 trucks on my fleet and uh, we are just moving and shaking over here. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that was very short and sweet. <laughs> to the point. I, 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 love, I love that. But I know there's more to your story and we're about to unpack more of that which I'm very excited about, excited about, but let's talk about what enticed you to want to start this business in the first place. Let's talk about like, did you just wake up one day and said, Hey, I think I'll start a business. Cause it just seems like a cool idea. Give us kind of the backstory behind that. Yeah. It didn't quite come down like that, but actually um, I don't know. You, you know me pretty well, but and uh, when I went to college, I had written an article. We had to write a business article, you know, for a business class that I was in. And I actually wrote in this article, or not an article, but a whole business plan about being a woman in the trucking industry and um, starting my own trucking company. And uh, so it kind of, you know, I wrote this and, and then it evolved into that. So it was kind of one of those things where um, I was working as a broker for a, a large company and um, we were an agent for this company Landstar and was there for you know, since, I don't know, 11 years or so. And um, there was kind of a need for trucking um, in my space because there were some carriers that weren't doing a good enough job for me. So, you know, that's what kind of evolved into, you know what, if these guys can do this, I can do this. And so I just, went out and got a loan on three trucks and started, you know, the trucking company from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds so simple as you were explaining it. Like you said, you wrote the business plan and then you said, you know what, I'm just going to do this. You know, you just like, it sounds like you have such a driven go-getter attitude, which you do knowing you for a while now, but let's face it. There was, there had to be something there that was a lot more, you know, enthusiastic that really was kind of pushing you because you were, you were basically going up against all odds. Let's face it. You operate as a woman owned trucking company in a predominantly male driven industry. So was there any fear? Was there any skepticism of like, Hey, what if I fail? I think everybody's got the, what if I fail thing in the background mm -hmm. in the back of their heads, but I, I didn't have that really. I just was like, okay, Tell me, what do I do? How do I do this? How many people do I need? And actually, it was a plan back in the day to where it would help me pay off some debt 
because I already had a, a company business going that was thriving. And so I had done a bunch of uh, rental real estate for the whole concept that sold me on it was that, hey, rental real estate might bring you a $1,000 a month, but this will bring you a $1,000 a week times so many trucks. You know, do you yeah. want to do that? Or do you want to, I mean, it's, the, it's a whole different concept and real estate has a whole different tax benefit than trucking because this is this is it. And real estate is passive and this is active. So, you know, I knew it would be a hustle. And then after I kind of got a taste of it, you know, I was like, okay, so owning these trucks would pay off my debt on my real estate, which would then, you know, the, the concept was triple my income, but then my life imploded in it personally. And, you know, so I just yeah. ended up with a trucking company in the end. And, you know, I, I still am happy that I'm in this business. Yeah. So you actually crunched the numbers behind it too, to realize that, hey, you know, this sounds like a great idea, but in the reality of things, this great idea is going to make me some money. Because yeah. as you were pointing out, you know, there was obviously some debt that you're trying to evolve from, you know, to cover, but then you also were looking at it from a profitability standpoint, because let's face it, you know, we love what we do, but at the end of the day, it's got to make money too, because we got to pay some bills and pay yeah. some people. So it sounds like, you know, you definitely paid your due diligence. I love the fact that it sounds like you have the built-in resilience that was really driving you from the beginning to even start this. Uh, you know, sure. Like, what if I, you had that, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work, but what if it does? So you were looking at the bigger picture, you know, to understand that, like, what if this works? I'll pay off my debt. You know, I get to do something that, that I enjoy, make money also, and also help other people. So, which brings me to my next question that I want to ask you, what keeps you going after all these years? You know, it's a lot of fun. I just really, really enjoy this. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's very difficult, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Like 15 minutes ago, one of my truckers got into a horrible accident, you oh. know, and it's like, okay, I'm on this podcast. So, you know, what can I do? You know, the police, yeah. company, like all this, like, it's terrible. Like there's some really terrible things that, that can happen. Yeah. And, you know, but I kind of learned, you know, the, the, a while ago, the word fail, fail faster. So when things are horrible, that really happen. And I mean, things can be really horrible in this business, yeah. um, but you have to learn just to like overcome all of those things. And I think maybe my, my dad, he owned a, several different businesses when I was a kid and failed at a lot and was successful at a lot. Uh, he bought and sold businesses for a living. And he kind of was like this optimist, person mm -hmm. that you know never thought if he failed he couldn't come out of it so I kind of had that ingrained in me from my dad and watching what he did and watching you know like you know how the IRS right now is you know going to be knocking on people's doors with guns yeah. and shit they used to do yeah. that when I was a kid then they yeah. stopped and now they're back doing that again you know so it's like I've seen that as a kid like oh my gosh um so I mean we've we've gone through a lot just watching him. And so, you know, watching that as a kid and then looking what I'm doing, I don't want to ever be in that position, but I've been in some pretty scary positions being in trucking where, you know, I've almost been put out of business too. So, um, you know, it's just something where you just kind of get molded into it and where you start to get used to, you know, things being difficult. And so, you know, the average person that's got a job doesn't really think of all these horrible things that you could go through. 
but um, you know, you just kind of learn how to adjust and adapt to that and know that you know yeah. it's not the end of the world. You got to still keep moving forward because if you don't move forward, you're going to be stuck way back in the dust with you know everyone else moving forward and you've got your pity party on. You can't have that. You have to just keep yeah. waking up each day and be like, all right, today I'm going to attack X. And then you just keep moving on that um, to you know advance your life and, and want to go towards your dreams, you know? You know, that is so powerful. And and I want to latch on something that you mentioned, because you talked about how your father, you know, bought and sold businesses for a living. And I think this is really important because as a fellow father, I've, I've seen this observation with my kids specifically um, that I think is so intricate that that helps us shape and become who we are older. And I think that's in part why I think you've developed such a big heart and such a strong sense of resilience, because I think at a very young age, you observed your father kind of go through these things. And there were learning lessons that I think you took from your childhood into adulthood. And now you're applying it into business to be able to thrive and grow and, and, you know, reach your goals and dreams and also help other people do the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's actually as cliches in my sound. I mean, just even seeing like, uh, me going to the gym. My kids have now developed the mentality that they ask me on a nightly basis, dad, are you going to the gym? And what does that mean to me? Like I'm starting to realize and sort of like this gratitude that I've developed that I'm actually guiding and teaching these young humans to become disciplined into understanding the importance of health and fitness. And that that mentality actually applies to business. And as you were explaining, kind of like your father, you observed all of these things. Like, I think you learned from an uh, early age what that really meant. And now into adulthood, you're starting to extrapolate it as you built your business, Sugar Creek and Mother Trucker also. And, you know, real estate. Uh, I know you recently got involved in some things also. And I think so all of that, I think fundamental has played such a key role into you growing and evolving and being able to maximize your potential. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. So I think your father, it sounds like has played a really intricate role in your life on really kind of setting the precedence for who you've become as an adult and not just you, but how you've impacted the lives of many others, you know, and being able to translate and, and basically convey and communicate that mentality of, discipline and resilience and hard work and work ethic also because all of that is ultimately what you know your company sugar creek and mother trucker does that's how you operate you operate on strong core values and strong ethics right right uh which brings me actually to the next question which you know i'm really excited to ask you because you kind of touched upon it but what advice would you like to share to you know other aspiring entrepreneurs business owners on how to tackle difficult times. Let's talk about the difficult times. How does Monica approach difficult times? It's a, a, kind of like you said, we touched on it already. You know, you really, really have to really have some strength, you know, in your inner core, right? Mm -hmm. And all have learned, you know, those of us that are in some masterminds, um, you learn, you know, like right now, this is, they call it separation season, right? Where you know, you've got people that kind of are coasting through, you know, they're getting their Christmas going, they're getting everything, you know, packed up for the year and et cetera. And then there's people like me that are like, I am selling, you know, like I let those yeah. guys sit there and enjoy their Christmases. 
you know, and everything. And not to say that I'm not, but it's like, I'm not going to coast, you know, and you really have to work on understanding that if you let off the gas, your business is going to slow down, you know, so you cannot let off the gas. You have to continuously go. And in my business, customers come and go a lot. I have a lot of core customers I've had for years, but there's some other people that come and go a lot, especially because it's very price driven, even though service is, you know, the key, it's also very price driven. So whatever industry people are in, you know, you kind of have to understand what the ebbs and flows are of that. And, you know, know when, when are big, you know, bigger seasons and smaller seasons and, you know, attack things as you go. Like this is our busiest time of year and I'm out here doing sales calls and trying yeah. to bring in new customers and, and get, you know, some value in for the, the following year, you know? So like you, you just cannot be negative. You have to be positive about whatever it is that you attack. Otherwise, you know, your the trials and tribulations will kill a business owner. You know, you cannot yeah. have the give up attitude. You cannot give in. If you gave up your job to be able to own a business, then don't fail at it. You have to continue. You know, yeah. that struggle that I know uh, with their businesses, and they end up selling them. And, you know, then they go and get a job or they start something new that maybe might be a little easier for them. So, you know, I've, I've seen that happen several times in my life too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you hit the nail on the head because, you know, a high percentage of entrepreneurs um, actually quit exactly what you pointed out. And simply because, you know, times get tough, you know, uh, things get hard, whatever economy, I, I think I just... Saw something on Entrepreneur earlier, actually, as I was going through that apparently the stock market surged today. So a lot of people are getting excited about, you know, the surge and, hey, is inflation slowing down, which, you know, is a great thing for entrepreneurs, right? Because customers are going to be buying, but you're absolutely 100% correct, Monica. I mean, just looking over the last six years alone, the amount of people that have come and gone and that I've met, the vast majority have quit, you know, or have sold their business or you know, have moved on to, like you said, they've gotten a regular job, they've got, they've, they've pursued something easier. And which kind of leads me to believe that the things are the hardest based on what you're selling, what you're saying, the things that are the hardest are usually the things that are most worthwhile. It just takes time to cultivate that. And you've got to remain proactive. You've got to keep going. You said separation season, right? Like it's December, like in your industry, it's the busiest time of the year. But a lot of people in a lot of other industries, like you said, they are slowing down. They're trying to wrap up the year. You know, hey, I'm going on Christmas vacation. You know, I'm not going to. Some people are actually taking a two week holiday in the summer. And they're like, you know what? I'm just not going to do anything. And people like you, I mean, they're like, Hell no, we're doubling down. We're selling. We got to do whatever it takes because we're going to kick off 2023 with a bang. And that's the only way to go. And I love that mentality because that is, like you said, the separation between the average and those who are hungry and resilient for success and do it because they're passionate for what they love. I think that's really important because let's face it, we live in a digital world where everybody on social media says, how much they're winning and how much money they're making and blah, 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 and all this. But when you dive in deep enough, you find out that the work ethic really doesn't match all the bullshit that's being yeah. said on social media, right? Sure. So on a lighter note, you know, 
just looking back, you know, you've done this for, let's see, coming up on two decades, right? With Sugar Creek? Yeah, since 2020. Or 20, yes. sorry, 2000. Sorry. Since 2000. Wow. So business was open in 2000. Uh -huh. And I actually bought Sugar Creek Enterprises from a former employee in mm -hmm. 2009. And I let it sit there because I kind of was like, I've got enough on my plate. But in um, 2011, I, I went ahead and went full speed ahead. So it's been 11 years for that. And then I opened the two other businesses after. Yeah, that's a long time, Monica, because for most businesses, I think they fold after a four year tenure. Usually, you know, they fold because of economy, things get hard. Like you said, people just get a nine to five because it's easier. They don't want to deal with the chaos and the unforeseen, like you mentioned earlier on. I mean, it seems like every day there's something unforeseen that happens and you got to figure out how to mitigate that. Most importantly is not to let it personally affect you. That's probably where, where you have to separate the emotion to be able to make solid decisions, because if you allow emotion, you're going to make a sloppy decision. There's a lot of people, I think a lot of early entrepreneurs, I think that make sloppy decisions because they allow their emotion to get the best of them in bad situations usually. So looking back over 20 years now in business, can you recall specific things that have helped you grow your business? Like maybe a couple of things that really stick out that you can you know, uh, sound out to other entrepreneurs? Well, I guess I'll say I'm super highly competitive. So, you know, it's, it, it's just for me, I just wanted to grow, 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 grow. And if I find like a tiny little bit of an opportunity to be able to help my company, to help the drivers that work for me and the staff that I mm -hmm. have, I'm like all in on that. So for, for me, it's just about that. It's just about moving forward and it's about, you know, uh, finding that little tiny little thing and, and going in for the kill, I guess is the way to say yeah. it you know? yeah. going in for the kill and be like, Oh, this is easy. You know, cause for me in trucking, I find it very easy to sell. I find it very easy. It's like, Hey, customer, I've got 125 trucks going from here to here. Do yeah. you want to use us? I mean, it's very difficult for people to get carriers that have trucks available to them, you know, uh, on their phone, you know, just to dial up and say, hey, come pick this up right now. So I, I discovered that it, it was pretty easy just to like find little, little things and keep moving on achieving that, you know. So like if I had a customer that says, hey, I need 20 trucks, you know, to be able to do this and I had 10, I'll be like, hey, guess what? I'll get them for you. You know, yeah. and then I'm on the phone calling truckers like I got a, I got a customer, I got a new customer, I, I need to be able to get this going, you know, yeah. can you come on board and work for me because they're going to feed us for a long time if we can do all of this. And, you know, sometimes I've overcommitted to customers, which is the killer. And I've had, you know, truckers that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And then they start and then and then they find, you know, the almighty dollar pays mm -hmm. more someplace else. And that is really kind of what got me into this too, was that carriers were leaving me for the, for the dollar as a broker. So yep. that, that was why I started to do that. But at this point, you know, I've got some really good solid customers that help me, you know, help my customer, help my truckers to be able to feed their families, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important, like you said, to be highly competitive. I think that's an important, you know, trait looking back, uh, especially in your industry, but um one other thing that uh, you had mentioned is that selling has become so natural that I want to expand upon to you. And 
And I actually wanted to ask you about, because you said like you look for this opportunity, right? And then you go all in. That's where the competitiveness comes in. So how, how do you know it's the right opportunity? Like, like how do you, what, what do you look for? Like, how do you know, okay, that's the opportunity. I'm going to execute it. I'm going to go on new customer. Like, is it your intuition or like, how, how do you know, like that, like that's the right opportunity? Well, usually, so I don't know about other industries, but for me, it's an old school. I would knock on doors, literally park mm -hmm. in, in a warehouse, you know, complex and just start knocking on doors, you know, mm -hmm. and you go in there as a broker and they're like, Hey, you know, we've got loads that need to go from you know, here to Timbuktu and you can cover that because you can find carriers. It's a little difficult now because I'm more of a regional carrier. So I just do SoCal, Arizona, Nevada. I go to Texas and Tennessee and stuff like that. I used to go all 48 states, but I don't necessarily love all of that anymore. So I kind of stuck with the regional stuff, you know, so you do knock on doors and you're like, hey, I've got trucks going from here to here. And they're like, well, we need to go, you know, to a different place you're going. And you're like, okay, sorry. You know, so sometimes it happens, but usually anymore, like I, I haven't really had to go out and, and knock on warehouse doors because I've built myself, you know, over the years, all these customers. So it's like, I basically just say, hey guys, I got trucks, what have you got? You know, and they're like, oh, wait, you know, we've got, you know, loads from here and here. And, you know, so it's easy um, to, to find that way. And we're given opportunities every single day. Um, you know, and it just depends on whether it, it pencils, you know, a lot of times I've got opportunities to do work from customers and it's like, I, there isn't anything left, you know, this is kind of a competitive business. And yeah. so, you know, a lot of carriers do the race to the bottom and, um, I've had contracts with customers where, you know, it's signed and we're, we're running a break for them. And then, you know, they find a carrier that comes in for cheaper and they leave us. So, you know, I guess yeah. I could sue them, but you know, what's the point in that? I, that's too much work, you know, like this whole yeah. legal system that we've created in this country, just to bury somebody for your own personal satisfaction, whether you're a business owner or not, you know, it's like, are you ethical? Are you moral? If someone's going to do that to me, I don't want to do business with them because I just went all in to get everything in for these people and they kicked me to the curb for the almighty dollar. And you know what? Those carriers that go in for cheaper, guess what? They're going out of business because if I can't make yeah. money on this, they're not going to make money on it unless they're stealing or committing fraud. And I've seen that a lot and yep. you know, let them go. They're going to get arrested. They're going to jail. And your shit's going to be on the back of some truck somewhere in this country, and it's going to be impounded by the police, and it's going to take you a year to get it out. I've seen that happen plenty of times, too. So it's like, you know, if you want to give up a couple yeah. hundred bucks and have it with an awesome carrier like me, you know, then um, you're going to have your stuff picked up and delivered on time with the service that you're expecting. But, you know, this, this industry is just about... Well, this guy's doing it for a thousand dollars. I'll do it for nine hundred. Well, that guy's doing it for eight hundred. You know, and then the customer's like, "Hey, the lowest bid is this. You want to do it?" Yeah. I'm like, "Fuck no, I don't want to do it for yeah. that. Let them have it. When they go out of business, call me. I'll still be here." You know, um, there's two things you mentioned, Monica, that I think is so important for people that are going to listen to this podcast. You said morals and ethics, and. I know that it's very, you're in a very cutthroat industry yeah. where 
just nobody really, it seems like values morals and ethics. And it seems like such a slow burn to be able to abide by those principles and those fundamentals that I wholeheartedly believe the business should be about, you know, treat people like you, like you said, I mean, suing someone over something unethical, what is that going to do? Or if someone tries to cheat you out or doesn't pay you, because I'm sure you've had that happen before many times, a client doesn't pay you. Like, what is that really going to do if you pursue it legally? Because like you said, you're absolutely right. If someone has the audacity to impose such animosity upon you and your business, they're not even worth being around you. You know, if they even have the audacity for, for that. And that's very important because, you know, morals and ethics is the way I believe to build a business. And I think that's not talked about enough, especially in your space. And I think, you know, you actually give a lot of hope to a lot of people who are going to listen and watch this to see that, hey, if Monica could build, uh, let, let's see, Sugar Creek is what, an $18 million business now as of 2022, I believe? We are getting there, yes. Yeah, about $18 million in revenue. So to put that into perspective, if you can build an $18 million business 20 years in with strong morals and ethics, then people can do it. And actually, that is, I think, a huge differentiating competitive advantage that you have. Because as you said, you have customers have come and go, but your most loyal ones are the ones that have stuck around. Yeah. And they're the ones that are worthwhile. Those are the ones that you ultimately want to do business with because they understand morals and ethics. You know, they, they understand the, the importance of, you know, what, what that means and, and how it abides by business. So that's really important. I want to touch upon the morals and the, and the ethics that you talked about, which brings me to the next question. You know, are there any specific traits that, you think every modern entrepreneur should be equipped with for success? That's a good question. Any traits? I would imagine, I think we keep talking about the same thing. Like you really have to continue to have the trait of, I am not giving up. You know, I'm not giving up. I am going to be all in and this is me. This is what I want. And you cannot give up. And people who do, you know, like they say, what is out of the business uh, entrepreneurs that the top 1% of business entrepreneurs are, you know, not only are they the top 1% earner perhaps, but they are also, you know, 1% of people continue their business. 1% out of all business owners that want to continue their business, 1% of 99% survive, you know, because people give up. So I'm, I'm always talking about don't give up, don't give up because you know, you're, you don't know, like my dad used to say, you know, failure is a, or a winner is a failure if you tried one more time, you know, and yeah. it, I think that that was pretty interesting. I just ran across someone else that had posted it the other day. And I just feel like it's so important for people to realize that they have what it takes. They just have to unpack it inside their head to be yep. able to be successful and forget listening to anyone who says that you are not going to be successful. Look at Colonel Sanders. Look, I mean, we know all these people that, yeah. you know, in their sixties, I'm in my fifties, you know, it's like, I, I'm not giving up, you know, on the flip side of it, what am I going to do for a living? Right. When things were really terrible and people told me to just go out of business and go bankrupt and go get a job. I'm thinking to myself, what kind of employee am I going to be? I haven't had a job 
since the early nineties, you know, so nobody's going to want to hire me because I, I, I'm a business owner. I have a different outlook right. on the way business should be run and working for someone else. They may have a different set of, of, you know, a mindset than what I would have for my business, you know? And, and so I feel like for me, I, I, I cannot give up and I don't, I, feel like other people should understand that they cannot give up and don't give in to people that tell them that they're not going to amount to anything. And a lot of people that I know that hear that they're not going to amount to anything, that fuels their fire. And there are these uber successful people that don't give up and they will not take no for an answer. And they are going to get their share, their lion's share, and then some. Um, and hopefully their competition feels like that about themselves and they just you know go in there and, and grab that business from those people i've done that before too yeah i mean it, it, what you just said is so i think when you were saying what am i going to do quit and then go get a regular job you know that's a so the difference you were talking about separation season and i want to touch upon this is because it's a mentality thing where you realize that, you know what, I have far greater potential than just to settle for something that is so easy because we're much like you. It's easy to get up and go to a nine to five. It's easy to go to an office and just be there, just be present because more or less that's what you're getting paid for is to be there and then perform, obviously. But even if you perform at a 50 percent, you're still being compensated for your time. But as a business owner, you get to deal with the good and the bad. You get to deal with payroll. You get to deal with, you know, uh, uh, expenses. You get to deal with, you know, revenue, you know, expenditures, all these things that control the direction of your company. And a lot of people don't understand, like, how stressful that is every month, because it's not just about you, but you're 125 trucks. I think you had mentioned this not too long ago on your social media that, you're also supporting families. So you have people who depend, your truckers, who depend on you to be able to put food on the table for their families, for their wives, for their kids. Like, yeah. that everybody, is so powerful. Yeah, everybody's got, you know, a, a wife and two kids. So it's, it's about 500 people. So, you know, if you make a wrong decision as a business owner, you affected all of these families, these kids, their Christmas, like all of that. So you have to really be strategic and understand yep. you know, what it is that you're facing as a business owner, as you start to hire people, the lives that you affect uh, when you do make really good decisions or bad ones, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about something a little bit more upbeat. I want to talk about how does Monica celebrate her wins? How do you, how do you celebrate? So you just got a really big customer, right? Or something great happened today that let's say your past week has just been total shit. And it seems like, you know, like you said, you know, something happened to a truck or it seems like that's an everyday thing almost for you. Or at times it seems like, but how do you celebrate wins? Like personally, professionally, how do you celebrate those wins? It's interesting, excuse me, because as a business owner, I can't even, how would I tell this to you? Uh, when business owners have wins, sometimes their employees don't understand those wins. You know, sometimes they don't understand the hurdles that you as a business owner goes through to be able to get to that win. 
you know, a, a win when I was first starting was, you know, when, when you own a business, you are the person who gets paid last. So you get to pay all your staff, you get to pay your payroll, pay your bills, pay your utilities, pay your rent, pay your mortgage, pay everything. And if there's something left for you, that's fantastic, you know, and for uh, years, there was 20 bucks or five bucks, you know, I was like, okay, yay for me, how am I going to make this work, right? Yeah. So you start to learn your wins are so small sometimes. And, you know, every Friday I pay everybody and when there's money left over for me, I'm like, yeah, that's a win. Every <laughs> week it's a win. Thursday night, all the payroll goes out and it's like, this is how much yeah. is left. Woo, that is a win. And it's hard to really celebrate i've gotten times where i'm like oh my gosh i have done millions of dollars in business you know like it's amazing but you know not the average person understands that you know you go and buy a car that's a new car and people are like that asshole you know like they're taking all that money and blowing out a car it's like that's a win that's a celebration of a win having a couple of audis in your garage that's a win. You know, that's, that's me celebrating getting in those cars each day and be like, damn it. You know, I did this shit, you know, but nobody really hears it because you look like an asshole. Right. So when you go on social media and everything is positive and great, and you're out there, it's not like you can go, Hey dude, I just did $18 million in fucking business, you know? And this other person's like, I closed my business, you know? So it's like, you (laughs) You have to be very mindful, you know, of other people. But then on the flip side, it's like, who gives a shit? You know, I freaking did this shit as a woman yeah. in this business and I'm kicking yeah. ass, you know, but it has taken a lot of ass kicking on my side, you know, <laughs> to get here. Right. So you just kind of celebrate quietly um, in certain things and other things, you know, you're like, damn it, let's all go out to dinner. Let's have a big celebration. So I guess it just depends on, on the amount of win and for people to understand, you know, what the win, you know, really, really represents, you know? Yeah. You know, you said something very important that I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is that I think a lot of entrepreneurs seek validation from the world and from people for, like you said, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things where I'm going with this is just that nobody, nobody, but you will ever truly appreciate what it took to get to $18 million. Nobody will, because you were the captain of the ship <laughs> the entire time. And you had to make the good and the hard decisions equally when, when, so it was, it was very dependent on you. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs seek that validation because they, they feel, and I think in part it's because it's a human trait as humans, we, we also look for validation to say that, hey, Monica, congratulations on $18 million. But does Monica really need a congratulations knowing that, you know what, I, I did everything. You know, I worked my ass off. I worked long days. I had to make hard decisions. I had to hire and fire people when I needed to. I had to spend money when I didn't want to spend money on repairs, on buying new trucks, on investing. When the rest of the world's like, Monica, stop. You're crazy. What the fuck are you doing? You know, and you just went all in. And and I think that's really important is because I think you're truly the only person this I believe that you're you're the only person who will truly admire and and appreciate what it took to get from zero to eighteen million. Yeah, these guys that are my competition 
don't even know how many trucks I have. I guess they'll hear it today, right? But they don't know how many <laughs> trucks I have. They don't know how much I've done in business. And I'm very hush-hush about that because I yeah. just want to stay in my own lane and, and celebrate everything myself with my people that are on my team. You know, nobody else yeah. needs to know any of this stuff because it's hard for people to fathom, especially being a woman. You know, they're like, you know how many people have tried to hurt me? with you know a weapon so it's like to, you know yeah i've got a beautiful car parked outside i got people hating on me for that it's like you don't even have know the half of it you know? <laughs> okay i'm in debt yay for me i bought a car you know but it, it, people have a different mindset on things you know and, and people think how if i'm flashy or whatever i want to mother trucker t-shirt every day at work yep. and jeans and yep. you know not flashy that way but you know certain things that they that i am but you know i i feel like announcing it to people that are struggling i i struggle like i think a little bit with that because i want to be mindful of people who aren't but the people that are on my team hell yeah they know all about it. They know what it takes. They know everything that I'm about. And I think that's why people come to work for me because they want to be part of that too, you know, because being successful is contagious. I'll tell anybody, here's what you got to do. You yeah. know, people don't know what I have. You know, you know, you've got an idea of what I have. We've had lots of conversations and, you know, yeah. I don't give up. I yeah. am this person that's, you know, blissfully optimistic and I do expect things to work out right. And I do expect, you know, I opened this apparel line, right? And that is brand new. I've wanted to do it forever. And I just was like, I don't want to go throughout my life. going, what if I should have, could have, would have done that. So I did it. But it's like everything else, though, you have to put food on your own table first. Yeah. You have a job first before you go into business. And then you take that income from that side hustle that you were doing that actually replaces the job that you had and then you can quit the job and then do the side hustle so sugar creek was my side hustle and then mother trucker became my side hustle and you know this real estate is a side hustle investing money investing in people's businesses in retail you know uh food restaurants and all of these things are side things that are outside of my day job right yeah and so as you start to hone in on your craft focusing on what is replacing your income and getting really really good at it then that will make it to where you will be able to quit quit the old little thing to be able to grow yourself as a person in in business and then you know you just once you learn that, it's like, okay, you just yeah. repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And it's like, what is it that you really love? What is it that you want to do? And for me, I just really love connecting with people and helping them um, with their businesses and trucking. It just happened to go this way in my life. Yeah. And, you know, being a woman or a man, you know, I know other men that are, that are helping people that work for them too, but it's very small. You know, most people don't want to help. So, you know, I think that's where I'm a little bit different. Most people, I don't know why old school in trucking, nobody wants to tell you who their customers are. Nobody wants to tell you, you know, anything. They keep it quiet because they feel you're going to steal from them and people do. So, you know, you just kind of learn like, well, I, I guess I'm going to just going to, like I said, stand my own lane and do my thing and yeah. celebrate with the people who know and 
the other people, you know, they can just look in on the outside and be like, oh shit, I wished I could do that too. I said, as a matter of fact, you can, you know, here's how. Yeah. You mentioned a few things in that segment that are so important. Um, First of all, you pointed out how you differentiate yourself, which I think is key. You talked about transparency at the tail end when you said in the old school, uh, in the old ways of, you know, trucking, you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, there was sort of this, and there still is, you know, a high level of secrecy of not sharing so much when in the reality of things, regardless of what industry you you operate in nowadays, I feel like the modern customer wants to have that transparency to understand, for instance, knowing who some of your clients are, and you serve some fairly big clients, you know, um, big companies. um, uh, And knowing that also goes to show your level of experience and credibility, uh, leadership also. And that's important. I know specifically if I was someone that was looking for a carrier and I was to learn that you have this arsenal of clients that you work with, I would be like, whoa, you know, yeah. I mean, if these clients trust Monica and Sugar Creek, I think we can definitely trust them because you don't just build a relationship like that overnight. It takes years. Not to mention even retain those relationships, which the retention is probably even harder. But then you mentioned uh, about success that I wanted to touch upon that you said was contagious. Uh, I think there's a lot of people, like you said, you know, I don't want to impose and I want to be mindful of people who are struggling. But the reality of things is, if you're struggling and you're trying to help someone who is struggling, you know, if they don't look at it from a standpoint that Monica wants to help me and Monica has a track record of building a successful business, multiple businesses, and she has a track record of continuously helping others. Why wouldn't I want to embrace that? That would be helpful to, for me. So what I'm saying, I guess, is there's a lot of skeptical people out there who look at success from a superiority standpoint. They look at it and say, well, you know, Monica's successful. Why should I take advice from her? Why wouldn't you? You know, this is someone that has built successful business. They can probably tell you a thing or two. You don't necessarily have to take the advice, but having that lifelong learner mentality, which I personally love, because you never know, it could be that small thing about changing your attitude or your work ethic or whatever that could literally shift your business. And that's what I think what I've noticed a lot of seven-figure business owners specifically that are trying to go to eight, maybe even nine figures in business, they're like stuck right there because they're missing the very basic of fundamentals, like morals, values, work ethic, transparency, you know, uh, being a go-getter, willing to help others uh, also. Like they're, they're missing those things because they're so integrated into, especially in the transportation space of like, oh my gosh, if I tell so-and-so that this is my client, they might call them up and steal them from me. It's like, really? <laughs> what are we in kindergarten? You like, know? Look, <laughs> it is that way, huh? <laughs> right. It's, and you just pointed that out, but then you also mentioned the hatred, Monica, you know, like, I know you share some stories with me that probably listeners and viewers have never heard of, like being held in gunpoint and like, Beans, you know, stood up and people wanting to assault you over stuff. It's just like, oh, my fucking God, have we become such a mediocre society that we don't even have an ounce of integrity for people, an Mm -hmm. ounce of integrity. And you know what? We have. Unfortunately, we have. But 
it comes with the territory of trying to build something that that others are otherwise because let's face it for the last 20 years people have probably told you that you're crazy right almost every day like you're trying to build a woman-owned trucking company that historically has been you know operated by men monica you shouldn't do this you can't do this it's impossible you've probably heard that many times yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times too, they're like, Oh, you're in the trucking business. Oh, you're a truck driver. I'm like, no, I'm not a trucking truck driver. <laughs> well, look out of my yard, look at all these trucks and you know, they're right. mine. Right. So, you know, right. people just assume and, and, and I don't know, you just can't let that get to you. You just can't. It's like in yeah. my mind, I know exactly what it is I want to do. And I work that backwards and how do I get there? And that's really it. So if people are more staying in their own lane and focusing on themselves and what they want to accomplish, and then being a lifetime learner, like you said, and understanding that there are people in your industry that are uber successful, maybe you should watch them and see what is it that they're doing so that you can learn from them too. And if you want to be, you know, on Instagram or Facebook and not like anybody's things and just watch Trust me, people do that all the time and they learn a lot, you know, so it's just depending on on that person and what it is that they want to accomplish. But I want to help everybody to be able to accomplish it. This is like a $200 billion industry, a $280 billion industry. I can't remember the number anymore. There's plenty of it for all of us. There's plenty of work for everybody and everyone could be successful at it. But people are just having a different mindset to where we're taught to hate on people. We're taught to, geez, you know, they're, they're way too high. So I can't talk to them. And it's like, I've talked to people I've been intimidated by because they were successful and they're the nicest people. They want people to learn uh, and to do what they are doing so that you can then be in the trenches and teach other people and more people. And, you know, that's whole, the whole thing with Arate, you know, it's about showing up and doing, doing the damn thing, you know? Yeah. I love that. And the last question I actually want to ask you is to talk about how important do you see marketing as part of your business? Because from what I've seen just in the transportation and trucking business, like it, 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 it's it's a hit and miss, it seems like, unless you're like a, a big carrier with like, I don't know, 5,000 trucks, because there's some out there, you know, like, so how, in your experience, how have you seen marketing, you know, to play a role in your business in Sugar, in Sugar Creek? So trucking is old school. Trucking is just like I said, you're knocking on doors. You're getting a feel of the people that work there. You're getting an idea of how can I help you, Mr. Customer and this customer to be able to solve your problem, to get your freight picked up, you know, and delivered. And, and that's it, right? That is it. That is old school marketing. Now with the things that have evolved, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook and marketing, you can market to your customer, you can market to your uh, uh, truck drivers that need jobs. And it's a whole different avenue, you know, to be able to recruit people. It's really easy when you're a good person and a good carrier, people knock on the door and you don't even have to say much because you're like, hey, I need this. Hey, I got these trucks. Hey, I got jobs. Hey, I've got this. And like, oh shit, we have heard nothing but great. Knock down your door. Please let me in. I want to come work for you. And I want to do business with you. And so yeah. marketing is extremely important. 
Um, when I went to college, I had a marketing emphasis and I walked out the door and was like, oh, it's nothing like what it is in college, you know? So <laughs> you know, I was like, what did I, what did I waste my money on? No, but I mean, you can't take that degree away from me. So yeah. that was something I, I had to accomplish. But uh, so doing marketing and trucking is a whole lot different than, than what I had learned in college and, yeah. you know, evolving now with your help. And the help of others that I have, marketing mm-hmm. has been so important and branding has been so important for me yeah. in this past couple of years. So that's extremely important. And trucking, people don't do it. And you've mentioned before, there's nobody that's doing what I do for Mother Trucker. Uh, there's other trucking companies that are doing what I'm doing, but not at the scale. Most trucking companies are seven trucks or less. Most people have three. So I've got 125 and growing. And it's something where you have to just recognize you've got customers that you can fulfill their need and truckers that can fulfill their need and put them together. And you've got yourself a great business. You know, it also comes down to never giving up, being super competitive, (laughs) you know, like me. Try to accomplish everything, have multiple things going on. And it just depends on your mindset and, and what kind of stress people can handle. But you um there's a few things, and there was a specific reason why I wanted to ask you this question is because you actually hit the nail on the head without me even saying something. The importance of modern marketing in your space in the trucking industry specifically, because largely because of proximity and reach, that you can reach people a lot faster, a lot quicker. Um, like you said, in the earlier days, it was door knocking, which to some extent that still works, but it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time. But when you think about it digitally, now you can still reach people. And if you have strong values and strong work ethic, you actually attract people, whether it's employees or customers, because they see how you present yourself out there. They see the messaging that you share, like you said, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and even now with the boom of Twitter of what Elon Musk is doing, completely flipping that thing upside down. And they're even talking to like actually over the next couple of years that because he's kind of taking a business model from what I was doing some research on that um, there's an app that's widely used in, in China. That's actually a mixture of all the social networks. It's got video, it's got conversation, it's got the work aspect of it. You can upload longer videos. And he's like infusing some of that into Twitter, which what is that going to do? It's going to boost usage. It's going to drive more people. It's going to attract more people. But to back to the marketing point is I think there's so many. So I think when I was doing the research, I think 90% of the trucking companies in the United States have 20 trucks or less. Uh, so you're you're kind of in the middle with 125 trucks, and there's only a couple of companies that have somehow sustained over the last 40, 50 years. They have a couple of thousand trucks. You know, there are some of the bigger, bigger carriers. But so the marketing aspect is really important because for one, positions you as a disruptor, like you said, with Mother Trucker and Sugar Creek, you're doing things that nobody else is doing. And that's attracting more people towards you because you're doing different things. It's kind of like 15 years ago when Elon Musk was like, electric cars were going to be the next big thing. And I know that you recently ordered your semi truck, which I know you're ecstatic about. That's going to completely disrupt the trucking industry. I, I think I did some research and I don't know if I share this with you, but that semi will charge from zero to 80% in 25 minutes with 
So at 80%, it's 400 mile range with an 81,000 pound load in the back. That's how far you can go. Just imagine, imagine. So what the price of diesel in California is what? $78 right now, right? No, actually under $5 now for diesel. It came down and it came down. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a significant uh, drop. Yeah, it's huge. But even still, the rest of the country yeah. is still under $2. So we're still more than double um, yeah. what the rest of the country is. But saving that and then companies that get the Tesla, you've got to do the installation. You've got to get the approval from the yeah. safety. Like I've already gone through all of the, the, the pre-steps to be able to do it. And now I'm just waiting for that to come in. And once it does, it's going to be significant for anybody in this business that does local. So if yeah. you're running, the average trucker can drive 650 to 750 miles, depending on the speed and, and you know, the states they're going into. And a Tesla will stop them in their tracks because you have to recharge it. And I don't think the infrastructure for the charger is the mm. same as what the cars are. So they're going to have to install those and all the truck stops, I would imagine, or something. So yeah. still so new, but it still is exciting. The truck fits one person. So you're sitting in the center of the truck. It's really an interesting little model. Yeah. And it's also, uh, I'm going to say that you can buy three of those Tesla models for the price of one of the big guys' electric vehicles that they are selling. So wow. I'm out and I'm waiting for this Tesla to come out on the street because it is significantly more affordable than, than the other electric. You know, yeah. yeah. So well, Monica, I know, I know we could continue this discussion. You've, you've shared so much information, so powerful for any really seven plus figure business owner with everything that you've done, which I want to say congratulations on all your success. Very well deserved. You've worked very, very hard. You've, you've built an ethical business. And I should think that, that the best days are ahead um, with everything that you have going on. And, and I can only imagine your sheer excitement, but without being said, I, I want to thank you for spending some time on the podcast with me uh, lots of great knowledge that, that, that you shared. And I know listeners and viewers are definitely going to appreciate it. So thank you so much for your time. Whether you on the outside of your market trying to tap back in, or just need a little help to find a way to gain some traction again. You need some market reconnection. We got the answers to your questions. No second thoughts or second guessing. You need some market reconnection. Market reconnection Market reconnection